Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to this episode of the Strange Catholics Podcast. This is a special podcast where we rene- where we will interview Scott and Renee Roder, spreading mental health awareness and telling their son Jackson's story to help inspire more people to stomp out that stigma of mental health. Our saint this week is Saint Dimphna. Before we get to the interview, you'll only hear Terry and myself. Bob was away and not able to join us for this episode. But we hope you still listen to the interview and please give us some feedback. Click the links that we include in the description and please remember to reach out and really be an active part of ministry for those that know or are serving those in the mental illness and mental issues arena. Let's let's get rid of this stigma so that more people can be brought into the light so that there isn't darkness surrounding this and we can help more people be healed or get the help they need so that we don't have more tragedies. And if you know of anybody who is even remotely saying that they're struggling or suffering from mental health, Phil, you said that you have a number of resources that uh, you're going to put in the description to link to. Absolutely reach out, even if it if you even take just a second and send us an email saying, hey, you're struggling, can I get some of those resources? You want to email us at? StrangeCatholicsPod at gmail.com. Reach out. Reach out to us. Reach out to anybody. But please take the time to reach out. Talk to somebody. Don't let this, oh, tomorrow will be an, a better day kind of attitude because the sooner that you can reach out and work through what it is that you're struggling with, tomorrow will be a better day. Amen. And now to the interview with Scott and Renee. Scott and Renee have joined us on the Strange Catholics podcast tonight. Um, they are Scott and Renee Roder. They are featured in this month's edition of the St. Cloud Diocesan Central Minnesota Catholic. Uh, Scott, you most recently spoke at a diocesan get-together for the priests and the deacons on mental health. And so maybe just uh, summarize for us a little bit of your ministry and why mental health is so important to you. Well, our journey um, really began through our son, Jackson, and uh, our ja- our son Jackson uh, was diagnosed with you know some mental health uh, conditions at a young age, and um, 
and we and we supported him throughout his life. And um, tragically, uh, our son uh, passed away, uh, dying by suicide in February of 2017. And since that time, Renee and I um, started a memorial fund uh, to honor our son. And that's really began our journey um, in trying to promote suicide prevention and uh, mental health awareness here in central Minnesota. And that's our goal, to make a difference in central Minnesota. And really, that difference is to provide resources to uh, those who may need them. And it could be individuals uh, with a mental health condition or uh, any parents or peers or friends or advocates that are supporting someone with a condition. So that's really been our goal since our son's passing. You kind of gave a high level view, uh, but I'd really like to hear, you know, from both you and Renee a little bit about Jackson's story from, you know, the time that you figured out what, uh, what was going on with him till, you know, the time that you found out that he had uh, committed suicide. If, if you can share that with us, please. Yeah. And just to kind of help you a little bit, being a part of the um, suicide community, um, that's one, one thing that we help people with is that um, the terminology commit suicide sounds like committing a crime. And, and really that term is, is tried to be um, not used and it's usually die by suicide. And we tell people when we speak is that, you know, Jackson didn't ask for the mental health condition that he got. It's like, it's not something anyone would wish upon uh, someone. So, um, but Jackson uh, in, in, I think it was kindergarten, Renee, that he got missed getting diagnosed for ADHD. And um, we wished he would have been rechecked a year later, but it was in sixth grade that he was writing some dark thoughts and papers that um, uh, we were, was brought to our attention from the school administration. And at that point, he um, went in for uh, diagnosis and uh, uh, at that time was diagnosed with ADHD and depression and anxiety and and, and started treatment um, with medication, counseling, and, and that began our journey in, in helping him uh, to uh, manage that mental health. And, and it was a challenge um, from that point on trying to get him on the right meds and, and over uh, his his high school, you know, and, and at the time when he was diagnosed in middle school, he had there was some bullying going on too. So that was also a challenging factor. And and we, you know, supported him throughout his school. And um, when he got into college, it got to be a bit more challenging when you're when you don't have him under your own rooftop. But uh, uh, he was seeing a counselor in college and and you know managing with his medication and. Uh, ended up having an incident in college that brought him back home and out of college. And he spent a year with us seeing a psychiatrist and psychologist and, and did an internship uh, at a local uh, architecture firm. And then after, uh, you know, doing that year uh, with the help of uh, the professionals, was able to go back to school and and was successful in school uh, for about a year and a half. And, and, and we were shocked when, when he passed away. Thank okay. you for sharing that. And for that clarification, I did see that noted in the article and I've been, uh, you know, as we work in ministry, we try to use these correct uh, terms so that we're, we can speak the same language and so that we're 
we're bringing the reality of the pain and the you know this scourge of mental illness and mental issues that are prevalent in our society today that go unchecked get missed um get you know people are you know chastised for these things or they feel like they can't talk about them um so i really really appreciate you guys sharing that story especially you know being willing to be published in the central minnesota catholic now you have all this extra publicity which is definitely going to help i think people read that story and then start to reassess, you know, like, are there, is there anyone that I know that I love that I need to reach out to? Is there someone I need to, you know, check on as well? Because I think all that kind of helps when we can be active and present. Um, so with this kind of recent publication, you know, you guys were on the conference. Have you seen like a positive impact? Have you seen already more people kind of reaching out, wanting to know more about the foundation wanting to know more about the story and spread this story? Uh, definitely. Uh, we attended Mass this morning at our uh, church at St. Paul's. You know, just being at church today, a couple of people, one one when we got to church came and spoke to us, and then right after church, another older woman came and spoke to us. And then um, there was a gentleman who stopped and wanted to thank us for for what we wrote because his son was struggling at this time, uh, struggling um, very difficultly and, and really thanked us for what we wrote uh, to provide him hope and, and resources uh, to continue to help his son. Uh, we, we actually, before this call, reached out to a woman who, who connected with us through the article, got our email, and uh, we're setting up uh, to meet with her this week because in addition, her son is struggling. And so um, we, we've sold an additional five paintings to people since the article has been published. So people have been going to the website and, and you know, enjoy Jackson's art. Uh, so, yeah, it, it really has um, continued. You know, we've gotten emails and um, people reaching out. And, and I guess if we help that um, uh, individual man in church today, then we feel like we are connecting with a, a good article that can make a difference. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I really appreciate you guys being willing to be published in the article because I think it's just going to raise so much more awareness. I have a very, I have a close friend who suffers from mental illness, mental issues as well. And long has he pained kind of the struggles of that stigma that come with that. And I know many, many service members that suffer from PTSD, being a former service member myself. And that also has kind of a stigma around it. Um, so, you know, I think the more that this is being brought into the light, I think then it's not, it doesn't feel so dark and so alone because more people can be more open and sharing and more people can be aware too how they can reach out and resources they can leverage, which we will, of course, link to. And that's today when we were in church, because we had another couple who we were talking with when this man came up and talked to us. And the other couple said, we should be able to talk like this at all times about, you know, someone who might be struggling. We should be able to support um, this man's son uh, easily, like we support others who might be suffering from uh, cancer or, or, you know, diabetes yes. or whatever. Physical yes. condition, it should be just as equal to talk about mental health. 
Scott and Renee, have you seen maybe some of that since since Jackson died, some of that stigma lessen or maybe alleviate surrounding mental health and mental health issues? I guess I would say because we have been out in public with our story that sometimes I think we, we, it's just so, um, uh, I don't know how to say it, that we're, we're out in public and, and we're able to talk about it, that sometimes uh, we're not afraid to talk about it with others. So we make it a little bit more open where, so sometimes I feel like I'm not seeing if, 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 if there is this stigma because we're kind of the face of it right now that, that people can be open with us. So sure. I, I, sure. I, I think people were surprised by Jackson having the problems that he had and they want, they want, they want to know about it because it is a surprise that people don't talk about these things, you know, and it's like all the people that have talked to us about thanking us for the articles or, all the other things that we've done over these last four years, they feel like they have, they're not alone. You know, they have that support and they know that they're not um, so different than everybody else. Yeah. Beautiful. One question I wanted to ask, because I think this is so important is, you know, you know, you cannot, we can already, I can already see and feel kind of the impact of, of Jackson's story being spread and you guys being out there. So do you guys have advice for parents, um, caregivers for someone that uh, struggles with mental illness, mental issues? Is there, you know, other than reaching out to some of the resources, um, you know, that I have a long list of resources I'll link to. But is there, you know, a piece of advice or something that uh, some wisdom that you guys have gleaned that you can share with us and with our audience? I, I, do, I know that if someone if, if, if someone has a child who's struggling with a, a, a mental health condition, you know, the, the first piece of advice is just to be there and listen and, and not um, th- this whole get over it, work through it. You, you're you're going to be fine. You know, mental health condition is, is serious. If someone has a diagnosis of depression or anxiety or bipolar, these are serious conditions that um, have to be handled very, very delicately. I think uh, one of the things uh, when someone struggles with a condition like that, one of the first things people need to be direct uh, with their children. If, 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 if they're able to, to see that there might be some risk, that they need to be direct and ask, are they thinking of harming themselves or others and take immediate action if that's the case? And they, they have to ask that question directly to the person they're caring for if they feel they're at risk. Uh, I just feel that's uh, important. Right, because you're not going to put the idea in their head if it's not, if they're not doing it. And then the other piece of it, if they are having those thoughts, they need to have a safety plan. Yeah, caregivers, um, like psychiatrists, psychologists, even counselors, can do a safety plan um, with an individual so that if they get to a dark place, they have a way out. That's a formal thing that should be done. And, uh, Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you very much. Because, uh, and Renee, you brought up a very good point where having a safety plan, you know, for these, you know, for people who are struggling with that, 
Um, I think that is very important um, because I know in talking with other people uh, where they felt like they had nobody to turn to and it's only through the grace of God or some in, somebody intervening at the 11th hour that these folks are still here. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that. But the other point that you brought up too, you know, would we as people look at a cancer patient and say, yeah, you'll be fine. Suck it up. You'll be okay. You know, that's, uh, you know, that's not something that you would ever do. So to do that to somebody who's be struggling mentally, um, I think is almost insulting, you know? So, and I just want to say, you know, also, you know, Phil, you said it as well, but thank you for bringing out this awareness. I have um, a son, a mid my middle child who has kind of suffered a little bit throughout the years of the middle child syndrome. And I, I think sometimes he does uh, go into depression. Um, fortunately, never to the point where, you know, he's felt like he's had suicidal ideations, but he has said that he has called the, you know, the suicide prevention hotline more than once just to talk to somebody. For me as a dad, this hearing your story uh, has helped me maybe to try to connect with him a little bit better and find out, you know, where he is at. Well, that's uh, that. That is the, the the key point is to stay connected um, with the individual and and to really listen to them, not instruct, but to listen. Let me ask you this, because both Phil and I are are deacons. Um, how can we as ministers in the church, number one, be uh, better people or better ministers to those who are struggling? And how can we be, you know, maybe more helpful other than saying, hey, we'll pray for you? Well, I think um, when you look at um, mental health and suicide prevention, um, in really the, the suicide arena, uh, there's really three areas when you talk about suicide. There's prevention, there's intervention, and then there's postvention. And I guess for us, um, one of the things that we've talked to other bereaved parents about, and, and a lot of that is, I would guess, in, in suicide, be postvention, but um, just in anyone losing someone, not just a child, but a spouse or someone, I think that um, supporting them in their loss after they lose a loved one and, and, and their support that happens for sure um, during the week of a funeral, you know, because you have your mass and you have your wake and, but it, it's, it's after that, that um, I, I think you as deacons or priests, um, maybe you have a some grief care or some follow-up. I know we met with um, a woman at the church afterwards uh, with grief, but um, that, that's an important part that you, you guys can play is, you know, supporting uh, 
uh, those individuals. And I think when there is a loss through suicide, it is a bit more complex and might be even more difficult for ministers to um, to support those families. And they, and they really need it, you know, based on what we did at the recent convention and talked about, you know, the history of the church and suicide and how some of that has changed. Um, but but those families really do need the support from the ministers. I guess as far as like, you know, before you get to the point, of, you know, somebody that's suffering, they just need to know that they're okay. I mean, they're still important that, you know, because it's so easy for them to not feel important enough. And that's where they keep going down and down and down. And I guess it's re reaching out to them, you know. But I don't know if the know. ministers know someone that might be suffering from a mental health condition to give them that support. You know, if, if you do, absolutely support them. Yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't necessarily always know that. I would, I would agree with that statement. We do know some, but we certainly don't know, probably even many, certainly not all. It, it, it would be better if there wasn't such stigma and it would just be more open and we could talk with one another. And I think you would yes. then have more capability to help those because you would know more. <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. So my last question was going to be, what can we do to help you guys spread the word even more? Other than being on this, you know, internationally known, pod, <laughs> listen to podcast. Um, what are some what are some other things we can do? We'll, of course, link to the foundation and to the article. But what are some other things we can do to kind of help spread the word? Well, I, uh, we put up Jackson's artwork uh, throughout the community and. Right now, it's up at the plaza, um, Center Care Plaza, from now until the end of June. Moved to the hospital in the month of July. And we put the artwork up. And, yeah, we, we do sell some paintings. And those those paintings uh, help produce funds to the Jackson River Memorial Fund. But we also have um, Jackson's cards uh, at the exhibit so that they can get the jacksonroder.com website. And there's mental health resources there so that anytime we get connected with people and they um, need some resources on mental health or suicide or bullying or grief, those are all there. Because those are the resources we didn't have when we were going on our journey with Jackson. And that's why we put them on Jackson's website. Um, and so it's always when his art is up, it, it's, it's a message. It's a message to get people help in central Minnesota. Um, and it and it keeps keeps it in the forefront. <laughs> yeah. In addition uh, to the resources, we also list um, all the events uh, that we're aware of in in Central Minnesota for mental health. Renee and I um, participate in multiple walks. There's a lot of other people doing very good things for both of these areas. Um, you know, we just participated in the local NAMI walk on Saturday. Um, there's Let the Sunshine Walk was just a month ago. Uh, there's upcoming walks. Uh, there's a 5K for the Beautiful Line Project. There's Out of the Darkness Walk with AFSP. But we list all those local events that people can participate and support. And then we also list the Days of Awareness. You know, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And actually, I think um, this is the weekend of prayer as well for mental health. And so I always put the um, 
days of awareness because uh, there's there's many days of awareness, but we, we share the mental health and, and suicide prevention days of awareness as well. So those are on the website. Um, we actually uh, do a newsletter. Uh, people can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, it's on every page of Jackson Rotor's Memorial Fund, his website. Just go to the bottom and sign up, and we do a monthly newsletter talking about what we've been up to, uh, what Jackson's Fund's been doing, um, what events are up and coming. And, and so that's another avenue that people can stay connected and continue to get resources. So, Any questions you guys have for us or any feedback? No, continue your, your journey with um, reaching out to, to fellow Catholics. And um, I think that was, uh, I was really happy that the clergy um, took the time to have a half day to educate um, one another um, more about these two critical topics and um, to keep keep doing your, your good work too, the mission with your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And really, in all honesty, both Scott and Renee, thank you very much for coming on our podcast and sharing your story with Phil and I and our podcast listeners. We really appreciate you know the courage because I'm sure it's it's got to be challenging every time you tell Jackson's story. It's kind of like reliving those memories again. So thank you for your courage and your time today. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that interview. We'll be right back after this from our sponsor. And we're back, and Terry's going to highlight our saint this week. Terry, take it away. Well, thanks, Phil. And good evening, one and all. Our saint spotlight this week is Saint Dimphna. Now, her feast day is was originally May 15th. But in 2004, according to some of my sources that I was looking at, that changed. So her feast day is now May the 30th, definitely fitting in with that month of mental health awareness because she is the patron saint of mental disorders, mental illness, neurological disorders, nervous disorders, anxiety, runaways, victims of incest, rape victims, depression, sleepwalking, epilepsy and epileptics, insanity, family happiness, loss of parents, mental health givers and mental health professionals, along with therapists. Not much is really written about St. Dimphna other than what we are going to highlight here. She was born in the 7th century to a pagan king named Damon and his Christian wife. It was said that St. Dimphna's mother was very, very beautiful. According to tradition, Dimphna was secretly baptized and consecrated herself to Christ as a youth at the age of 14. Shortly thereafter, her mother died. When the queen died at a very young age, her husband, the royal widower's heart, remain beyond the reach of comfort. His moody silences pushed him on the verge of mental collapse. His courtiers suggested he consider a second marriage. The king agreed on the condition that his new bride should look exactly like his former one. 
His envoys went far and wide, afield in search of the woman he desired, but the quest proved fruitless. Then one of them had a brilliant idea. Why shouldn't the king marry his daughter, the living likeness of her mother? Repelled at first, the king then agreed. He broached the topic to his daughter, but Dimphna, who had made a vow of virginity before God, was horrified by her father's proposal and adamantly refused. She swore to uphold her vows and fled his court along with her confessor, Father Jeroburnus, two trusted servants, and the king's fool and his wife. Together they sailed towards the continent, eventually landing in what is now present-day Belgium, where they took refuge in the town of Giel. They settled near a shrine dedicated to St. Martin of Tours. One tradition states that once settled in Giel, Dimphna built a hospice for the poor and sick of that region from the wealth that she had taken from her father's home. Then, spies from her native land arrived in Giel and paid their in-fees with coins similar to those Dimphna had often handed to the innkeeper. Unaware that the men were spies, he innocently revealed to them where Dimphna lived. At once, the king came to Giel for the final tragic encounter. Despite his inner fury, he managed to control his anger. Again, he coaxed, pleaded, and made glowing promises of money and prestige to his daughter. When this approach failed, he even tried threats and insults. But these two left left Dimphna unmoved. She would rather die than break the vow of virginity she had made with her confessor's approval. In his fury, the king ordered his men to kill Father Jeroburn and Dimphna. They killed the priest, but they could not harm the young princess. The king then leaped from his seat and with his own weapon cut off his daughter's head. Dimphna fell at his feet. Thus, barely at the age of 15, Dimphna died. Their bodies were buried by local residents nearby, both the priest and Dimphna, but tradition holds that shortly after her death, five mentally ill people slept the night where Dimphna was killed and were cured in the morning when they awoke. St. Dimphna, pray for us. Pray for us. So we hit that time in the podcast where normally Bob would talk about where you need to go. So please, this is your reminder to subscribe if you haven't done that already. That helps more people find the podcast. We would love your review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That's our most popular platform. But anywhere you're listening to us, please rate our podcast. As Bob would say, a minimum of five stars is the only acceptable rating. 
If you have any show feedback or would like to leave us a voice message or would like to watch the podcast, you can leave us an email, send us, reach out to us, as Terry just said, at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash strangecatholics, and there will be a link in the description for the less edited show once once someone gets those posted. I'm not going to say who. Uh, (laughs) So we reached that time for closing prayer. And so let us uh, just quiet our minds and open our hearts and begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we celebrate celebrate the ascension and are now anticipating the coming of the Holy Spirit. We ask that your Holy Spirit would wash over us inflame within us those gifts you've given us so that we may be more your hands and feet so we can minister to all of those that we encounter with your light, with your peace, and most importantly, with your love through us. We pray for all those that are suffering from mental illness and mental issues. Lord, you are the divine physician We just ask that you would reach out to those and those that love them and care for them, that people would have the resources necessary and that there wouldn't be this stigma around mental health. We pray for protection of life from conception until natural death. We pray for all those that are pregnant, all those that are struggling to become pregnant, suffering that heavy cross of infertility. Lord, We just ask for peace in their hearts, protection for all those that are pregnant. Keep the mothers and their babies safe. Pray for all those that are struggling in their marriage, that there be peace, reconciliation, and that the graces that were bestowed upon them at their wedding day would enliven within them so that they can better understand and realize this great sacrament you have bestowed upon them. We pray for all of our world leaders that more of Christ's peace would reign in our world, not the peace of the world. So we'll also pray for the repose of George's soul, for all those mourning the loss of George, and any of those that are out there that are mourning the loss of a loved one. Lord, we just ask you to place your tender arms around them. Let them know of your love, your mercy. Help them draw into that hope of the resurrection and eternal life, that promise you've given us. We pray all these things through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, it's at that time now where the podcast has ended, so why are you still listening? But hopefully Bob will join us next week. So until next week, love you, brother. Love you, brother. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. 
please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day, and may God bless you.